And I had this one beautiful moment of wisdom in my life where I went, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I can do this. And God or the divine, I'm willing to find out. I've spent long enough in my life right now, spinning my wheels, feeling like an idiot and failure. And now I've identified this gift and I've seen it work many times. I'm willing to find out. Put me in the ring. I'm, I'm willing. And magic came from that. You're listening to the Brand Spanking You podcast. My name is Sarah Ehlinger, former creative director and strategist for multi-million and billion dollar brands turned entrepreneur. After spending over a decade building my own freelance and online businesses, I know that creating a brand around yourself is a heck of a lot different than building one for the big companies. It requires diving deep into your mindset, going beyond generic tips and strategies, and throwing out the script in order to do things your way. Are you ready to get into it? Let's go. Hello, welcome back to the show. I am so glad that you are here. I, you know, I know I say that every week, but I really do want to let you know just how much I appreciate you being here and what a privilege and an honor it is for me to be able to bring you these episodes. Um, it's turning out to be a lot more fun than I ever could have even have imagined. And I'm just loving it more and more every week. And so, so appreciative that you are here listening and going along on the ride with me. So one of the things that I'm finding out that I'm enjoying about doing these guest interview episodes, just FYI, I generally record these anywhere between three to four, sometimes longer weeks in advance. So I record them and then about a day before I release them or just a few days before I release them, I go back and I edit them and I pull out some clips and, you know, get everything ready, do all of the things that you need to do to put a podcast out. And what has been fun about this process is that I get to kind of go back and listen to these episodes with fresh ears. And it's like, whoa, wow, this is a really good episode. And this is definitely one of those episodes. So this is an interview I recorded with Will Carlos um, just about four weeks ago now. And let me tell you, it is chock full of very, very juicy stuff. We get into the work that he does, which is a lot of energy clearing with business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, we get into imposter complex. We get into something he calls the helper's paradox. We get, there's there's so much. There are so many things. And it was such a great, great interview and um, discussion with him. I just love him to pieces. So I am quite excited to bring it to you. So let me tell you just a little bit about Will Carlos. He's a belief-clearing expert for small business owners who want to be fully seen with a sense of ease, confidence, and clarity. He helps them drop procrastination, burnout, and the imposter complex so that they can sign more clients and get back to doing more of what they love in their business. After delivering his signature belief-clearing session with 500 people in 28 countries, Will has honed his direct, honest, and no-fluff approach to help his clients end self-sabotage and confusion. 
Described by his clients as a human polygraph, Will uses his spiritual gift of clairaudience to help his clients see exactly where they have been subconsciously staying safe so that they can shift from overwork to ease and fun as they become more of themselves in their business. Please enjoy this conversation I had with Will Carlos. Will, hello. It is so good to have you here. I am very excited to talk to you today. Um, because, you know, I love helping people out with strategy and visuals and creative direction and graphics and photos and all of that good stuff. But, um, you know, I quickly found out that you can give people all of that stuff. You can help them DIY it. You can, they can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on it. And then sometimes they're still stuck and they still can't get out there online. So when I met you and found out about the work that you do, I was just so very, very excited to bring you on this show for everybody to hear about your work. So Hmm. tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about that, about what you do and um, just give us a little overview. Yeah. So my work is I do energy healing work and I help people clear limiting beliefs that are holding them back from being more visible to feel safe to be seen online, especially. I find that our world has changed so much in the last even 10 years, but more, you know, 20 years, where all of a sudden we're expected to be natural on video and do voice messages on Facebook and uh, write a blog post every day, two times a day. And we're just supposed to (laughs) show up in this, in this way where we were never designed to be this social. We were never designed to be this visible to this many people. And so it's understandably nerve wracking. It's understandably scary. Um, and it takes different tools. So that's where I find that energy work comes in. And my energy work is quite specific. It's very uh, detailed. So I don't do, I mean, I, I also practice Reiki and other forms that I would call general energy healing. And I think they're very valuable. But what I practice with my clients is much more uh, laser specific. So clients will come to me, actually a client just came to me and said, you know, I had, um, I've, it's time for me to do my annual follow-up with clients. She, she's in a very different industry from my own. And she was stuck. She couldn't do it. She has this new website that she's really excited, <clears throat> excuse me, to share with others. She'd been working on it. She had a, got someone amazing to do it. She was very excited to share it. But she had these little hitches, you know, that when she first shared it, uh, there was a cachet problem with some of her old clients that she was first excited to share it with and so they couldn't see it. And now she was nervous to send it out. So she said, I want energy clearing work so that I can feel more comfortable and safe to send out this new website. And I quickly said, no, that has, that's not it. What's it is that you're, you feel weird and awkward about follow-ups because almost everyone does. Um, your website stuff is really 1% of the problem. The other 99% is the fear of being seen, that visibility stuff. So let's get into that. And then that led to, you know, fear of making a mistake. And if she does make a mistake, what would that mean? Uh, She had to let go of energetic patterns from her past with key individuals that, you know, used to shame her or belittle her for when she would make a mistake. And once we get to that, by the end of a fairly quick conversation, she was feeling better and lighter and able to go be more herself. So yeah, so I, I love the work that you're doing because it's it we are a complement to each other quite nicely. You're doing the what we what we would call the hard skills, the practical technical things, and probably some mm-hmm. of the mindset too. And then I'm doing that that unseen stuff where you go, I have a message. I might even have a book or I want right. to get on podcast. I have so much to do. What the bleeping bleeping bleep is going on inside the stupid brain of mine that I can't just get it done. And that's where I come in. 
Yeah, because so many people just get so many people. I see it over and over. I see it with myself. It's like, why am I stuck? I have all the tools. Mm. I have all the tools. I've taken all the courses. I've hired the coaches. I know the strategies. It's like when I'm still not, you know, I'm still not doing the follow-up calls. Mm. Why am I not doing the follow-up calls? You know, that's why the work that you do is so important. Um, You said something that really intrigued me. You said we were never designed to be this social. Mm. Talk, talk to me more about that. Yeah, I, I think that came, I mean, I've been having these thoughts and I've been doing this work with clients for a while, but that's the clearest I've ever said it on a podcast. I think partly inspired by listening to your episode as I was preparing for our show today, your last mm -hmm. episode. And, um, but it got me thinking about that. I, and I, I have shared similar things before, but we were, you know, we, we grew up or not grew up, that's misleading, or we might've grown up in a very small group, but no, we evolution in an evolutionary context very small group of people. And we didn't have to bear our emotions. We didn't have to talk about those things. And then even as society evolved and you think about, you know, we're watching Bridgerton right now, the second season, or we just finished the yep. second season. Amazing. And they only shared a very small range of their emotional life with anyone, including their family. Um, I mean, the Bridgertons are a healthier family, emotionally speaking than others, but even they don't really share that much. And then in an evolutionary context, all of a sudden, you know, in the last 200 years or so, 100 years, we're 50 years, we're expected to share, you know, with your partner and with your family and your friends and, and be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable, because then people might think that you're weak and share the real you online. But what if the real you, like, but often the real you, as I have found out, and I'm sure you have many times, isn't really liked or you, you, you know, in my line of work, I might say God and someone else says, it's not God, that's a masculine construct of the right, patriarchy. And right. I go, Jesus Christ. Effing, well, I think you yeah. said this podcast, Jesus Christ, yeah. stop it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just chill a little bit. So we're, we're yeah, so it's like whatever ready to you call it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think we're not, we were never designed to be the social. So if we are able, even as extroverts, if we're able to be social for our business, I think it's kind of a bit of a miracle, um, especially if you don't like being on camera or you don't like the sound of your voice as some people don't, or you don't think that you're a good writer. If you can overcome any or, or all of that, that's actually a miracle. Just to be able to be out there in any capacity is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah it really is. And I never um, thought about it in that context before because, you know, as you're saying, like the past hundred years, or the past 50 years, Really, it's only been the past decade since the rise of social media where it's like, oh, you're supposed to put it all out there on social media. And like, you know, I'll talk to people about in regards to personal branding and they're like, well, I'm not sure like what to share and what not to share. And there's some personal branding people that are like, you need to tell it all. And it's like, <laughs> I don't even tell it all to like people in my real life. Like, why mm. would I do that online? You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when you put it in this context, it's just, that's a terrifying proposition. Yeah. I, I mean, my take would be tell it all. But, oh, actually, another thing to say with that is, you know, many people would say, oh, authenticity is the key. It's all about authenticity. Mm -hmm. You got to be the real you. And I say, that's a load of effing BS because yeah. look at Elon Musk, look at like the most, the wealthiest people in the world. They might share a lot like Richard Branson or they might share nothing like Elon right. Musk about his personal life. And it does not impact our income. No. I have not seen a correlation between vulnerability and authenticity and income. I have with happiness or satisfaction, but not income or success in business. Yeah. And I always go back. So my example for that always is Gary Vee. 
because mm. look at Gary Vee, look at how much he shares, like the volume of content he shares. <laughs> and this thing came up re- recently where he showed a picture of him and this other woman. And I was like, and it was very much like a romantic type picture. And it, it just like, it, first of all, it threw me off because I'm not used to seeing that type of content from him. Mm. And then I had to stop and think like, I thought he was married. Is he? Is that his wife? Is he married? Who is this? What's going on here? And then, so then I had to Google it and found out that like, no, it probably is a girlfriend. Does have a wife. Maybe they're separated. He has kids. And it just like opened my eyes to the fact that like you can be as big and as successful in online marketing as Gary Vee and like realize that like he shares nothing about his personal life. He shares mm. that he likes the Jets. He shares that, it, you know, but it's not like he's not like parading his romantic life or his family life all over the place. So anybody who says you have to share it all mm. is is full of it. Like it clearly yeah. there's, you know, examples that you don't have to do that at all. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that really trips a lot of people up because they think when you think, oh, I have to be authentic. I have to be vulnerable. Hmm. Do you <laughs> like, I mean, or to the, to the amount that like immediately your brain is going to make you jump to, oh, I have to be, you know, X, Y, Z authentic. It's like, no, you can be authentic with your personality, but not have to share a bunch of personal stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, and so the, the lens that I see all of this through and when I'm working with clients, cause I'm, I'm looking for where are they misaligned? What's the limiting belief that mm-hmm. they're, that's getting in the way of them not being able to be fully expressed or to attract new clients or take the actions to get new clients. And so what I would put all of this into the bucket of would be the same as when someone uh, puts their family first before themselves every time. The same as when someone says, oh, I've got to get my website finished before I can be more visible online. Same mm-hmm. as someone who says what we're saying here, like, oh, I, I, I have to be more authentically all of me out there, but I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. So I don't know what to do. And they get paralyzed. All of this for me falls into the same category of you got to lie. You're, you're believing a lie. There's somewhere in your life or mm-hmm. business that you're full of shit and mm-hmm. you can't see it. And I've seen this for myself many, many times and for my clients, and I've had to have energy healers and coaches work with me to help me see where I'm full of shit too, because it mm-hmm. happens every day. And when I see it and I can clear the energy on that, it is remarkable the results that show up. I just had a new contract come in because for the past week or even almost two weeks, something in the stars, I don't know, my astrology clients can tell me better, but like something's going on on the realm of personal relationships. One of my best friends and my wife and my family, like all this stuff just bubbling up and out of nowhere seemingly. And I realized it was on the Sunday night, I realized what I was doing energetically. And I ran a very specific process as I was in the shower late at night, because that was when I realized what was going on. There were two processes I ran and felt immensely better, like a weight was taken off my shoulders. The next day I put in the proposal and the and within an no half an hour is half an hour or an hour proposal accepted in the kind of um, contract that it's net would never normally come through that quick. Just all of a sudden they said, yep, you're perfect. We don't even need to talk about it. We're, you're, you're hired. You're done. Let's, let's, let's do this. And it reminded me yet again for, I don't know, the 12th time or 20th time of like, wow, when I identify this specific lie that I'm believing and I shift the energy on that results show up, it happens every time. Yeah. It's, you know, what is so ironic and crazy. I had something almost exactly the same happen to me on Hmm. Friday. I had a very, yeah, I had a very specific 
aha moment about a lie that I was believing with working one-on-one with people um, in a creative aspect. And when I saw that lie so clearly, like usually you're like, okay, I got to go do some work on this. I was like, oh, I don't have to do any work on this. Like I can see this fully for what it is and that it is a lie and I can just drop it. Mm. And by the end of the day, I had signed three contracts. <laughs> like it, crazy, you know? And yeah. so I think it's like people don't realize that this underneath work, this energetic work, how important it is, and not only how important it is, but how quickly things can change once you commit to doing it. Mm. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, there are times like the one that I'm sharing, the one that you've shared, where you can identify it yourself. And then there are many times where trying to identify it yourself is like a dog chasing its own tail. You just, you keep spinning and spinning and spinning, thinking you're making progress because you're putting in a lot of effort. Oh yeah. Um, but you're not. And like, actually. to be clear, I did not identify this myself. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like something on, and I'm in a group coaching program and it was something that like my coach was talking about with herself. And I was like, that she, you know, she had learned about herself. And I, I was like, oh my God, I have that same thing. So, you know, it's like, it's important right. to do this work with, because I never would have, picked that up in myself. Mm. But like once I saw it reflected from someone else, I was like, oh, it's so clear that I'm doing the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah. 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 And so one of the major places where I see this showing up, because I work almost exclu- not exclusively, but who shows up for me as healers and coaches mm-hmm. and therapists, holistic businesses. And it's 99% women that come to me. I have a few male clients, but it's mostly mm-hmm. women. But the number one thing that I see that that shows up that's that holds them back, that stops them, call it sabotages them from really focusing on their work and putting themselves out there is what I call the helper's paradox. And the helper's paradox says that the more you need to help, the less able you are to help. Mm-hmm. And so I find this holding women back, mothers back, uh, women business owners, because there's a lot of reasons and you know I can briefly touch on them but many people that are listening would know about you know societal programming religious programming family programming all the expectation we'll just call that all, all of that expectations to oversimplify um the expectations on women and it sucks that it's it's something that affects mostly women or I should say for the roughly 700 clients that I've worked with that are almost all women in, in my experience it's been about 95% that are dealing with the same challenge, the same thing. And so we put other people before ourselves, or we take care of the house before we take care of our business, or, you know, call it people pleasing, call it whatever you like. I call it the helper's paradox because for years I was identifying this with clients and I, I called it the helper fixer saver thing. And I didn't have a better name for it, but yep, I saw it going yep. in degrees that is like, at one point you're helping, like you're helping friends move and you're helping. And then you start to fit, oh, I know what so-and-so should do. Or, oh, this client, I know what they should do. And you overdo it on the proposal or whatever. And then there's full-on saving, which I did for most of my life. I, The worst of the worst for the white savior complex myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was literally my job to save the world. And I struggled with that for years, the guilt, being racked with guilt. And it felt very noble at the time. And now I see it in a very... <laughs> Very yeah, isn't it way. funny how it's like when that yep. once that switch is flipped, you're like, oh, <laughs> everything, <laughs> like, everything looks yeah. different now from yeah. this perspective. 
yeah, the, the arrogance, um, on my part, at least. So then I, one day it came to me, you know, inspiration from God of, oh, it's a paradox because we think that we're helping. We think that we're doing a really good thing. We th- but we're actually doing the opposite. We're caught in this trap. It's a paradox. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get caught up in, uh, we, oh, I should, you know, as we were talking about before, I should be more authentic. I should put all of me out there, but then we don't put any of us out there or very little because we're so wrapped up in, well, I can't do that, or it's nerve wracking or fearful, or, right. or I don't know what to say. And we get caught up in that. But all of that comes down to one or many specific beliefs. And one of those might be this belief that you need to help. Whereas if you could, if you could step outside of that, then you would see the opportunities where you it's really your place. So for example, when I had that belief, when I was li- I was admired in this paradox, I was not much good to anybody. I didn't have clients. I couldn't seem to get a client to save my life. Uh, I was racked with guilt and shame and I couldn't get much done in my day. When I identified this and I shifted the beliefs around it, that was literally when I started signing clients. That's when I started converting from consultations into clients. That's when I started having a, more of an impact. And the more I step out of this, the more more of an impact I, ha- I seem to have. Yeah, so fascinating. So there's a, a way that I feel like I see this show up. I've seen it show up um, like this for myself. And I feel like I've seen this show up for um, some clients because I do have a lot of clients who are like health and wellness coaches and and so like, let, let me ask you if this is like similar to what you deal mm-hmm. with. And this is the notion of almost creating this bitterness around undervaluing, like not having boundaries or undervaluing your work or doing work for free mm. because it is this like, oh, I should just do this. Like in particular, um, for like friends or family, you're like, oh, I should just do this or agreeing to do things with a client that are like beyond the scope, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're like, but really I should be charging more for it, you know? And then all of a sudden it creates this relationship where there's all this like bitterness or animosity because Mm. you haven't defined the parameters of the energetic relationship, like what that energetic exchange looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, uh, I talk about this in the context of what I call the eight pillars of the imposter complex. Mm-hmm. And I've, I figured this out or I saw this pattern after working with, it was around 400 of the free sessions that I've, I've offered. I've done over 500 free sessions with people around the world. And after the first 400, I started to see these same patterns that kept showing up over and over again. And I wish there was only three, it'd be easier to remember, uh, but there were eight. <laughs> and the last of the eight is crappy boundaries. And what I started seeing happening, so, and that's why it's last because Everything that comes before it is way more important. It's frankly like trying to take a, a you know prescription drug to fix a lifestyle problem. You know, you're eating really unhealthy food and you've got a terrible lifestyle and, and, and habits and you're angry all the time and you don't get any exercise and then you take a pill. Well, that's, that's the same as trying to implement a boundary around pricing or around your time if your family's taking over your time or if you're doing way too much for potential clients. And then you go, oh, no, I've got to protect my time because we all learn from our business coach. Right. You know, I've got to protect your time. Right. But I have found that that can really backfire because you haven't done the energetic prep work to have totally that be a smooth agree. thing. Totally yeah. agree. So if I find if, if I attend to the first seven, uh, which are things like procrastination and overwhelm, 
uh, playing small, not owning your expertise, and this helper's paradox that I talk about, which I call people-pleasing and overgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, when you attend to those, magically you start to notice no one abuses your time anymore. People start, I swear to God, this was my life. Oh, People like just start it just showing like up. goes away. It just happens. People just start magically showing up on time and clients respect your time. And they're so apologetic when they happen to miss a time. And, and it turns out they're the kind of person that that never happens to. So it's just, it's amazing what has happened. So it's almost life. like it's backwards. We're doing that backwards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love the and way you described it as like taking a pill for something that's actually a lifestyle change. Mm. Yeah. It's like changing your energy instead of just impl- like, you know, you could be a mom that puts a sign up on your door that says working hours, nine to five, do not disturb. But if you have trained your family that you are always available, guess how much good that sign <laughs> is going to yeah, do on your zero, door? Zero percent good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So when you start doing this work with people, when you start talking to people about the helper's paradox, where like where should they begin? Like where's a good where's a good spot to begin with this? I mean, besides working with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like where do yeah. they how do you start getting into this work and really diving into the ener- like the energetics or the beliefs that could be holding you back? Yeah. So with with the specific beliefs, that is the kind of work that I do in group sessions or in private sessions. I do have a PDF uh, called the six fears uh, that hold holistic businesses back. That was one of the first things I made years ago. So that has specific beliefs in it. Um, it'd be impossible for me to say, you know, on a podcast for anyone listening, oh, you here are the 10 top beliefs. I may get there yeah, someday, but 100%. I'm not there yet. But some of the places where you can start looking, if, if you're a listener, where you can start looking is, I'm just going to close my eyes so I can better tap into the kinds of people that'll be listening. So if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, I hear this, I'm overgiving, I'm, I'm helping more than I want to, and I'm getting some of that resentment that Sarah mentioned, I'm getting kind of crusty, you know, people, I'm, people are on my nerves, I'm overgiving, I'm, I'm people pleasing, and I'm exhausted. So where you can start is you want to start looking at where, where is the resentment? What happens when you get resentful? Is it when your kid barges in? Is it when the client asks you for a free session because they're cash strapped and you feel taken advantage of where, hold on, yeah, that's, that's for someone. Um, so look and see where is that specific thing. And then the next step is look at what are the thoughts that you're thinking? People don't respect my time. Um, my kids are so selfish. Um, wow, I must not, I must feel I don't deserve more money. All those kinds of things. And then you want to get to what's the actual belief. Now, in the last one, it's a bit tricky because I, I think that we've got a deservingness issue in our industry, but it's not what you think. It's not that we don't, we feel we don't deserve money. Is that that's a red herring to say, Oh, I must Ooh, have a self worth. Yeah, talk to thing. me more about that. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, Oh, I must have a self worth thing. I think that's a red herring. I think that that leads, it's like saying, Oh, I, I don't think I'm good enough. Let's get more specific. For what exactly? Are you not good mm-hmm. enough to get out of bed? Are you, which might be true for someone, actually. Like mm-hmm. it was for me at one time in my life. I, I literally felt that, that was true. But if you keep, if you stay general on these things, you're never going to make any progress. You're going to be doing power poses until the cows come home, which actually power poses are great. But if you're doing a specific technique to address a, a generally stated problem, it's like throwing darts at a big tree. You're not going to hit anything. So, or nothing specific. So with self-worth and deserving, you want to get into, well, for what exactly? So, oh, I, I feel I, you know, I'm not charging, I'm not making the money I want to make because I'm undercharging. I must feel I don't deserve it. 
No, you are afraid of what people are going to say if you raise your rates. You're afraid of what that client that you've had for two years is going to say, oh, you greedy SOB. How could you be so selfish? How do you think I'm made of like, get specific. What, what specific person is going to say what specific thing that you can't bear to hear? That's the belief. It's not a deservingness issue. And a lot of times I found when you can get more specific like that, like really specific, like even like you said, who is that person that you think Hmm. is going to say those things? Because sometimes it's like the most random people. It's like, oh, so-and-so from high school or an old colleague or an old. And once you can name it and get specific about it, a lot of times you can look at it and really see that it's kind of ridiculous. And then it's it's not just yep. this big general statement, but it's just like, oh, okay, I see this. It doesn't always make it go away, but at least you can start to address that or tackle that in a way hmm. that, um, I don't know, seems to like get to the root of it more, right? Yeah. And so for my journey, what I found, um, you know, because I, I started with life coaching and, and neuroscience, you know, applied neuroscience, mm-hmm. I don't know, 15 years ago. And I remember coaches saying, oh, I, you know, what we've just been talking about, identify this specific person, thing that you're going to say. And once you see it, you can logically say, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. And if it, no, like, not always. and then they talk this logic thing. I'm like, who are you talking to? I don't, who in this room can do that? So it mm-hmm. took me a long, long time to find the kind of work that I do that someone else was able to teach me how to do it. So I'll, I'll offer a process to, to get people started for anyone that's listening. So if you haven't already, then pause the podcast and think about, you know, what is that area of growth in your business? Where are you overgiving or you're resentful or you're just afraid to be seen online? And then the next step, get more specific. What specific person might say what specific thing? And there's there's a thousand different ways that could go, but that's one of the easiest ways. And then try try this process for size. So it's a it's an energy clearing question and you can give it a yes or a no. Just just give it a try. So the belief that you need to hold on to other people's energy and process it for them. Would you be willing to destroy that at the point of creation? For anyone listening, is a yes or a no? <laughs> so that's one, that's a, a new one that I, that's the one that I came up with in the, with in the shower that day. And I realized mm-hmm. that all these fears and judgments and things, and I was trying to emotionally, at a distance, I was trying to emotionally support at least 100 people you know, I'd made a Facebook post that didn't go well. Actually, that's kind of funny for our topic for, for today and for your mm-hmm. work. It was a Facebook post that didn't go well. People really didn't like what I said. And I was trying to <laughs> emotionally, energetically help all these people and, and hold on to all their trauma and stuff and help them process it. And I finally realized what I was doing. And when I was able to, with that process, and I did it, I don't know, a hundred times standing there in the shower um, until yeah, it Yeah, so it's not just like a one and done thing. Some sometimes it is. I've I've had many times where I identify a belief for myself or with a client. We do it once, and li- and you can you can literally feel the lights come back on in the room, and you can literally hear all of a sudden it's like you hear the birds singing outside. Something changes in a second, mm-hmm, and then like there are other clearness. times exactly. And then there are other times where I find I'm I'm not willing to to get off the the chair, so to speak, until it's done. And so I will just keep going <laughs> until I feel mm-hmm. a shift. And I might run it for a week or 10 days or until I feel the energy dissipate, mm-hmm. the charge, the, the intensity. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's so, that's such a beautiful way to um, 
it's a beautiful way to think about that and go through and go through a practical way of clearing a thing that I think mm. like everybody has this, right? Mm. Like yeah. everybody, like everybody struggles with this. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, you have this thing that is um, the spiritual root of procrastination. Mm. And I, I was very curious about this and wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Well, we must have been vibing on the same same wavelength because that's actually what we're talking about. So I found so procrastination is the first in the eight pillars of the imposter complex, as, as I define it um, for my work. And they go in succession because from procrastination, you get to overwhelm because if you keep procrastinating, then mm -hmm. eventually you get overwhelmed, it starts to pile up. And then from there, you start to feel like a, your inner critic kicks in because you're not getting anything done. So you're, you must be an idiot. You must be a you must not know what you're doing. And and it just progresses from there. And then boundaries are the last one, as we've mentioned and talked about. Right. So with procrastination, if you can, if you're generally flowing in your business, if you're generally doing pretty good, and then there's a post that you can't make, or you can't get your social media strategy together, or you can't decide on your brand photo or something like that, then this is great. If you find that you're chronically not taking certain actions, you might be going, need to go farther down the list to maybe you're not owning your expertise or maybe you're playing small. So this, this process will still help, um, but it's not quite the right remedy for the, for the ailment, so to speak. So what we were just talking about is actually what I define procrastination as, because I find it if you're procrastinating in business, I can practically guarantee that there's a specific person that you're afraid is going to say a specific thing. So you're not, I literally had this, I was going to, I was applying for a podcast that was way above my pay grade, like big, big mm -hmm. copyright po podcast. And, but I had a personal connection and, a, and so she was vetting me to, to send this proposal, to send the podcast proposal. And I wasn't sending it for like a week. And I thought, this is ridiculous. They're probably, they, they might say no, or they're probably <laughs> going to say no, but I have a personal in. I got to, if I don't do this now, I mean, I probably already lost the window by waiting so long. So I thought, wait a second, I know what to do. So I started running through each of the specific energetic processes that I have for each of these eight pillars. And with the procrastination one, I realized, oh, I'm afraid that so-and-so, the owner of the podcast, is going to say, okay, one, who do you think you are? Because you mm -hmm. don't have the credentials to be on this podcast. And two, belief clearing, clear audience, like mm -hmm. who, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when I cleared the beliefs on that, I swear to God, within 20 minutes, I had the proposal done and I sent it. Like it was just, yeah, was that's amazing. Split. That's amazing. Yeah. That is actually, so that's something I've had several clients who are in, you know, energy work or healing work. And, and that is one of the big things I find with them where they're procrastinating or not putting themselves out there because they're like, well, everybody's just going to think this is really weird. And it's like, hmm. Yes, I'm sure some people will think it's weird, but also mm. there are so many people out there who are just waiting for your message, you know, and yeah. you're, you're keeping that from them because you're worried about the people who are going to think you're quote unquote weird. And it's like, those people aren't going to go away ever. True. Yeah. You know, I have. I have a process that I offer to clients when they, because you know what we're talking about is the imposter complex, feeling like a fraud, right. feeling like an imposter. Right. And the, one of the main processes that I give to clients, it's a bit of a of a mind twist because, you know, they'll come to me and say, "Oh, what, people will think I'm weird, or, or maybe I can't do it, or you know, maybe I talk about clear audience, clairvoyance, or whatever your gift is, but maybe I can't prove it. You know, maybe it comes down to it, and I mm -hmm. can't actually back it up. So you're feeling like a fraud. 
So what I did in, in the early days when I was offering these free sessions um, that within 25 minutes, and at the time I didn't have an application form. So I was my, my aim was to go in 25 minutes, meet a brand new person on Zoom, identify the lie or the specific limiting belief, clear that belief, have them feel a shift, and then ask if they'd like to work with me further from nothing. Amazing. And, <laughs> and I thought, this is fucking insane. Who the mm-hmm. hell do I think I am? And I had this one beautiful moment of wisdom in my life where I went, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I can do this. And God or the divine, I'm willing to find out. I've spent mm. long enough in my life right now, spinning my wheels, feeling like a fucking idiot and failure. Mm-hmm. And now I've identified this gift and I've seen it work many times. I'm willing to find out. Put me in the ring. I'm, I'm willing. And magic came from that. So for anyone that's listening who's dealing with that, yes, you don't know. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If I had a brand new doc, if I go in for surgery and it's the surgeon's first time flying solo and they've got a question, but they say, no, 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 I'm good. I want a different surgeon. You should not be that. Right. <laughs> you shouldn't be that confident. You should have some questions in your mind or at right. least in your heart and take that to the divine or take that to your mentor. What like That's a healthy thing. If you're not having some kind of doubt, sorry, you're a psychopath. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. That all just gave me goosebumps. So, so beautiful. Love it. Um, Great way to end the show. So yeah. Will, I know that there are people listening to this who are going to want to reach out to you. So let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. So my website is myspiritualclarity.com. And if you go there, you'll see you can still sign up for my offer of a free session. And it's now about a 15 minute, sometimes it's longer, depending on if we're having fun, uh, free session. And we mm-hmm. identify that belief. Now you have to fill out an application form. So it's a bit of a process, but it's it's an, it's it's works much better this way. And we see what we can find and what we can clear. And then if it's a good fit and we want to work together, of course, we'll have that chat. If we don't feel like it's a good fit, I don't even ask because we can tell. Uh, there's no point in wasting our time. Right. So that's one place. And then the other is uh, I'm on Facebook mostly just on my personal page. It's Will Carlos. And I also have my own podcast, but I'm sure we can put that in the show notes and see if uh, if it's a good one for people to check out. It It's an actual live version of the free session that I do so people can see that it's not scary or or too weird. I mean, it's pretty weird, but it's not too weird. You know, I'm not bringing out any any bells or casting out thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they have any doubts or concerns. I love it. I love it so much. Well, um, thank you for coming on. I feel like um, we could we could talk all day, <laughs> um, but we'll wrap it up now. Who knows? Maybe you'll be back sometime. Maybe I'll be back. Cool. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Sarah. Hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is to share it with someone else or post about it on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at brand spanking you so I can show you some love. That's at Brand Spanking You with an N, not an I-N-G. Go to brandspankingyoupodcast.com for show notes and links. And if you're ready to take it to the next level, uncover your brand's superpower, and leave confusion in the dust, head on over to brandspankingyoupodcast.com slash spark to learn all about my Brand Spark sessions. In just 60 minutes, they've been known to completely transform the way people think about their brands and let go of what's not serving them and their businesses. That's brandspankingyoupodcast.com slash spark. All right, that's all for now. This is Sarah Ehlinger, and I'll see you next time.